How but, are uh, you? How's your week? Good. Um, what day is it? I don't even know what day it is. That's what's, that's funny. <laughs> but, Tuesday. Uh, we're past Monday. Perfect. The important part is, is that you're here and how you're here is actually funny because, um, you got here because I saw your business account on my business account. And then I kind of dabbled onto your page and I saw your story and I was like, okay, I need her on right here, right now. So that's, that's when I just had to reach out to get you on. So so thank you for coming on. Of course. I'm Um, excited. So let's just start off, um, kind of before everything now, let's kind of tell me about yourself. Uh, where did you grow up? How did kind of life unfold up until this point? Yeah, I um, I grew up in Chicago area outside of the city. Um, I My dream school was FIT in New York, Fashion Institute Technology. Um, I transferred there after going to a community college and I studied advertising, marketing and communications. And I had most internships in the bridal industry at Kleinfeld and then at Vera Wang, so I swore I would always end up in the bridal industry. Um, but outside of modeling, um, like freelance and just doing internships and school full time and working as well, um, I always have had a passion for fitness and just my lifestyle and just always wearing, throwing on leggings, throwing on a sports bra, going to the gym, going on a run, going on a walk, you name it. Um, so ironically, when the pandemic hit, I was actually interning at Vera Wang and I left because they sent everybody home and we didn't have computers or access because of company policy, which I totally respected, um, but I was able to get credit and everything. So I flew from um, New York to Florida to just be in a safety zone. Um, It wasn't safe in Chicago at the time. So I flew to Florida. I was with family here, um, my future in-laws actually, and my brother and his fiance, they came to visit and she was like, she presented the idea to me. She was like, what if you like created your own brand of activewear that was catered towards women, all bodies, all shapes, like all the things that you're passionate about. Um, and basically in honor of your mom, cause my mom passed away um, in 2018 from a sudden heart attack. And then my dad committed suicide when I was in eighth grade. So I definitely have always had a huge um, passion for fulfilling not only my purpose, but also their purposes as well. Um, So when she was like, you could donate a portion of proceeds to lupus um, because my mom, she didn't pass away from lupus, but she had lupus and it affected her a lot. Um, And I'm positive for lupus. My genes are, Um, she was like, what if you created this brand? And I'm like, I just remember having like that thought of like, I have to do that. Like, I mean, I might sound crazy because we're in the middle of a pandemic and that might sound impossible. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to start, but I would be so mad if say like in 20 years, I saw somebody who did it and I was like getting mad at myself. Like, why did I not do that? I know I could have done that. And that's so amazing. So I started researching, I started drafting you know, a logo, the brand name, the colors, and just drafting everything together and just truly preparing everything. And then before I knew it, I was getting samples sent from across seas to be potential products. And then it really came down to, it was crazy in like during that time, because I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And even I would tell people like, cause they'd be like, what's new, what's up? And I'm like, I'm founding my own company. And I've always been driven and had my own, um, had a confidence and been just 
a go-getter. Um, I think it's like the city, New Yorker, all that in me. It's not, it comes natural to me. Um, but I was like, I never thought I would be in my own, like I own my own company. I never like, I didn't grow up like, oh, I'm gonna own my own company one day. It was just like, if somebody else did it, I would not be able to forgive myself for not doing it. So I have to do it. Um, and that's always been kind of my motivation since. Um, and I don't ever envision that like going away. And I think that that's really important to note because I think that especially when you own your own company or when you're doing something every day, something has to drive you to do that and motivate you and make you want to like get out of your bed and, you know, succeed at that, whether you're going to fail sometimes or not. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of the background. And then eventually it came to, okay, we just have to, I was focusing on an actual date to launch because as things kept coming together, I'm like, okay, when will I launch in Spira? And then I was like, November 5th. So we're actually coming up on a year this November 5th from launching a year ago. So I'm really, really excited about that. But it's been a roller coaster, but blessings. I've failed many times and it's been amazing. Great. Yeah. You basically just summed up everything I want to dive into and you kind of unraveled how you found your purpose. Um, moving on down the line in life, let's take, kind of take it back towards, um, you said you were, you first were kind of wanting to get involved in the fashion industry and you got involved in marketing. Obviously the marketing kind of is serving you now. You probably gained a lot of skills there, but in terms of fashion, was that kind of something you were just interested in the moment that didn't really turn out to be your purpose and what you pursued or kind of where did that uh, follow or, um, it's a great question. Um, no, the fashion's always been there. Um, I think in ways of, I've always been drawn to, I mean, New York was always my dream to go to school there and to live there. Um, because of the fashion and because of it being the industry that it is there. Um, so no, I think that that was always something that like filled that drive as well. Um, and even to this day, I love whether I'm wearing active wear, whether it's in Spira, whether I'm throwing a tank top under a blazer, like I am now, I just love putting things together and just expressing myself through clothing. So yeah, so you kind of like, when I think of fashion, I kind of think of more like, high-end designer type things but i guess like obviously anything's kind of fashion whatever you choose it out to be and is that kind of where you took your um your passion for fashion into your uh lifestyle brand now yeah i definitely there's a reason why i um i didn't have the lifestyle brand attached to the name inspira at first and then i mean you know how some companies have active wear some companies have athleisure um i was sitting there for a few weeks and just thinking to myself I can't imagine saying active wear because I don't envision it always being just active wear because of my passion for clothing in general as well. So that was something that I kind of, and I wanted people to know that they don't have to take that sports bra and work out with it. Like if you want to just lounge on the couch or wear it to work under your blazer or something like you want to style it a certain way, that's what made me want to make it the lifestyle brand because I'm like, I want it to cater to everyone and for whatever feels their day and their lifestyle you know so i just thought of it long term as in like maybe one day we'll have blazers that can be worn as like a jacket to the gym or be able to wear it to a runway show to go on a walk or something or grab lunch um i just wanted it to be very versatile and i still envision that yeah of course and um from what i know now obviously i want to dive into that a bit more later um it seems like 
your uh, vision is going to come to life if, as as you keep going down the line and building your the persona, which is Inspira, which we're going to get to. But um, you mentioned kind of after the fashion and marketing that you flew from New York to Florida. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So well, how did that come about? Why was that the, the move back then? I flew from New York to Florida because at the time, my roommate in New York, her mom was a flight attendant and she still is a flight attendant, but she at the time when the pandemic hit really bad in New York, because it kind of hit New York bad first before a lot of other areas in the country got hit. Um, and she was like, you need to get out of New York right now if you don't want to be stuck there for months because they're talking about shutting on the airports. So truly, I remember being in the middle of cooking food. My room was a mess and I was like meal prepping for the week. And I'm like, um, okay, so you want me to like book a flight like as soon as possible. And Chicago was getting bad as well. So I was like, I don't want to go there and then potentially be stuck there. So Florida wasn't too bad yet. And I was talking to Chrissy, which is my future mother-in-law. And she was like, come down here. You'll be fine. Like, you know, like it was, they've always been like family to me. So I just felt safe. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm booking a flight to Florida. I truly put all the food into the fridge that I had made. I was like, whatever, I'll get to it. Um, I remember putting some stuff in the freezer because I was like, there's no way I'm going to come back and eat all this. And then I packed a massive suitcase, mostly activewear in that suitcase, which is crazy. Um, and then I flew to Florida and I've been you just got out of here. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Okay. So that, so that was more recent, um, in the pandemic. So that wasn't like that long ago in, in spite that of That was in 2020, March of 2020. Cool. Um, you mentioned earlier, you said a couple, um, hard things that, um, anyone would have to go through in life, which was your dad committing suicide and your mom passing away. Um, which obviously I'm very sorry to hear about. Um, I, I can, it. I can relate to the dad thing. I grew up without a father, so I can relate wow. to you there. Um, it's an impact for sure. For sure. 100%. And you learn a lot of things that, um, on your own that, you know, you didn't really have that other side to teach you, but when, when was that in your life? How old were you then? And kind of how did that play I out? I was 12. My dad oh. committed when I was in eighth grade. Um, and it was a grieving process that I would always, I guess, say that, I mean, when you lose somebody, you're forever grieving from the moment you lose them. Um, would, would I say that I had a lot of questions and I was confused and just like, I remember one of my first instincts actually being, who's going to walk me down the aisle? Because I was like, that was his job. Like that was something that he was going to do. Um, but that moment I was young, but I feel like it made me grow up, grow up so fast within that split second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was good. It does. Yeah. And obviously you're 12 at the time. So I'm just kind of thinking about like, how does a 12 year old manage all the emotions that come with that? And how does it kind of, once you get, well, obviously I don't think the grieving process maybe never stops. I'm not too sure, but yeah. may, maybe it slowly like minimizes itself over time. So how does that kind of propel you forward once it kind of starts slowing down and you come to realizations? Definitely after he passed and year after year since I've definitely strived to be able to learn and educate myself about mental health and about the reasons people commit the reasons that people think about even attempting um, and just trying to really understand I mean I'll never understand the reasons behind it and, and that goes for all um, suicide um, deaths but do I think that if I can educate myself and be able to understand 
a way to make a difference when people are feeling down, when people are feeling sad, when people are, say, grieving through a death. Um, do I think that a lot of people not talk about mental health as much as it can be talked about and should be talked about 100%. So I think that although when I was 12, was I confused? Was I angry? Was I, I wanted to like, I pretty much probably alienated people I should have never alienated. I remember pushing my mom away. I mean, it didn't stay that way, but I just remember thousands of miles of emotions were going. So um, I think that as I've gotten older, I've matured. I do my best to not sit there and dwell on what could I have done differently? This, that, I think that I could drive myself insane from thinking those things. So I just think that what I can control, what I can do is strive to help others not feel the way that my dad did or to not feel the way that I felt when I was confused and thousands of miles of emotions happening. So I just truly try to educate myself, raise awareness for mental health or suicide awareness and just try and make a positive difference in mental health. Yeah, for sure. You kind of, you kind of, are taking forward what you want to help other kind of people deal with. And like you said, mental health is obviously huge. Everyone struggles with some degree of mental health. And like you said, that may not be talked about enough. Um, Why do you think mental health isn't talked about as much as it should be? Are people just, you know, scared to talk about their feelings or is it, are they scared of other people being judgmental towards them? What is it? I think a little bit of everything. Um, I think the world that we live in right now is, I guess just very, um, some people feel really comfortable opening up about about themselves. Some people don't. Um, I feel like sometimes when people don't feel safe opening up, it causes people to bottle things in. And sometimes it's a good thing to not speak your mind. Sometimes it's not. And sometimes you have to unbottle your thoughts and your emotions to get them out whether it's somebody listening or somebody giving you advice. Um, but I do think that people being judgmental, people being maybe not understanding or sometimes people being giving advice versus being just an ear or the shoulder to lean on. I think that the list goes on. I just think that sometimes it's hard to put yourself out there, but I think that we can all work on that for sure in a positive way. Mm. And do you feel like to an extent, it's kind of our, a part of our, maybe the right word might maybe human nature to kind of, you know, carry ourselves in a way where, you know, everything's okay, we're fine to the people around us. That has a lot to do with society and expectations Mm -hmm. and social media and all of that. I think that people think that they have to have everything perfect sometimes, or just every, they have to put on this front that everything's great, nothing's wrong. And sometimes that makes people's mental health when you're not admitting certain things or when you have to pretend like everything's okay and it's not instead of being honest and saying like no I'm not okay like do you have a second like let's I just need to get all this out you know I think that sometimes that really helps people instead of pretending like everything's sunshines and rainbows because nobody's life is perfect yeah and you know that's what I really like about your brand as well you're more than just a clothing lifestyle brand you're you're um, showing uh, you're being a mental health advocate throughout your posts. And that's something I kind of look for in people's social media as well. Like, are, are they posting a picture and kind of saying something real afterwards, trying to like, you know, be vulnerable to their audience? Cause that's, what's going to help people. So important. Mm-hmm. Can you talk on being vulnerable? Like the, how important is it to oh be gosh. real with your audience? I'm, 
I'm very vulnerable, especially over social media. I remember somebody in college, actually, at FIT, I remember being in the kitchen with one of my roommates at the time, and somebody was talking about a caption for an Instagram picture, and it was, like, very, like, edgy and quirky, and I was, like, that's awesome, and I was, like, sitting there, kind of, like, laughing to myself, and he was, like, what, Rach? Like, your post would be, like, all vulnerable, and, like, thank you, I'm so blessed, like, yada, 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 like, this just happened, I'm, like, that's so funny because it's like so true. I'm like, that is seriously like how I am sometimes, but it's how I am as a person. And sometimes I feel like it's okay to just like be thankful on social media and just to like say that you're thankful for something. And I feel like a lot of people are scared of being vulnerable because it's showing this other side of you. That's not a hard shell. Um, but I think that it's so important to kind of like peel that layer off and to let that vulnerability show through because it helps others be vulnerable and for other people to really feel and let their emotions shine through. For sure. It opens up kind of a pathway for someone to connect with you Yeah. whenever they're kind of looking at whatever you're posting, no matter how hard their outer shell is that the true inner self of them kind of connects with you and of likes course. what you're posting. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. But, um, moving down the line, let's get into your brand. Um, in, in, inspira, inspira. 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 Yes. Inspira. Inspira. Like inspiration, but inspira. (laughs) I knew that, but I just couldn't. You know uh, how people say Inspira and I just kind of let them say it. I'm like, it's not a big deal. Uh So we're talking about the same thing still. (laughs) (laughs) So can you kind of touch about how that came to play? I know um, it's a part of the, a part of it was definitely towards lupus. The logo is the butterfly, which you can explain. Um, But um, with your mom, you explained that she was uh she had lupus she didn't um pass from that but yes. you believe that um if she didn't have lupus then she may have survived her heart attack and still have been here today yeah i um i know a few people who and moms who have have had heart attacks one of them actually my mom's friend and she survived her heart attack and she celebrates when it's like a year after she had it because she's thankful that she did not pass away from it but for my mom um at the end of her being in the hospital and us having to make the choice whether to let her get this scary surgery that had a very small chance of her surviving it and then her not even being pretty much functional afterwards even for the rest of her life um or seeing the writing on the wall and knowing that the only reason she was really having a heartbeat even though it was a small smidge heartbeat was because of the oxygen that she was on it was really keeping her um there um, it was organ failure that really took her in the end and your, your organs are affected, um, majorly with lupus. So I do believe that if she did not have lupus, um, that her organs probably would have been a little bit strong to fight off that heart attack. So, so lupus is, um, a disease that attacks the organs. Lupus is a disease that, um, it's an inflammatory disease. Um, there's different types of it. So each type affects people differently and each person who has it is affected differently by it. Um, My mom specifically, her her organs were affected more and just like her cells, like she couldn't drive for a long period of time because her hands would cramp up and then she'd have to go like this. Um, And her knees, if she's sitting for a while, her knees will get stiff um, and affected her eyes. But yes, your organs, it makes your organs weaker, your kidneys um, and all of that. So it's hard for somebody with lupus to I mean, when somebody has lupus, their organs are not as strong as somebody who does not have lupus, to simply put it. Yeah. And, you know, that lupus has affected your life, obviously. Um, so yeah. with um, Inspira, 
are you trying to carry on the story of lupus and your mom through um the brand so um yes definitely yes um but also we donate a portion of proceeds to lupus in hopes to help to find a cure um because i pray that nobody else has to go through what i went through with my mom let alone i have positive genes for lupus my mom was around my age when she was diagnosed my aunt has lupus um that was her sister uh so i strive to take care of myself as best as i can whether that's eating certain things or exercising or sleeping when i need to rest um just so that i don't get diagnosed um i have no that's really the control that i have over it um so it, it, it hits a little bit closer to home as well because I do have positive genes for it. I do my best to not get diagnosed. And I feel like, say, if there is a day where I do get diagnosed, I can, I would be able to sit there and say, I've been doing my best. I've been educating myself, been building awareness, been putting the proper nutrients into my body, taking care of myself. And maybe God's plan was for me to have it, but I pray and strive to not have it. So it's definitely something that I am always trying to better my knowledge on and to just help others take care of themselves because everybody is so different. Just because I take care of myself this way doesn't mean it's the way that somebody else should take care of themselves. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Now, um, how old were you when you uh, found out that you were positive for the gene? And did you have, you had to go take like a genetic test to go find it, that out? Yeah, I actually had a lot of bruises on my body. And this was about two years after my mom had passed about two years. And I was having these horrible bruises. I've always kind of have a deficiency with iron, but I went and got checked out and then I got a lot of blood work done. And I was, I mean, diabetes runs in my family. Um, now a heart attack does, um, but lupus does as well. And the doctor was, I thought it was completely something to do with iron. And he said, no, your iron's fine, um, but you do have positive genes for lupus. Doesn't mean you're diagnosed. And that was about two years ago. Um, about a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, that is really scary. And I, that was when, that was way before I even founded Inspira. Um, but that was like, oh no, I was like, I was scared, but I wasn't diagnosed. So it was a different feeling than I guess being diagnosed for sure. I cannot relate to that right now. Um, but I was like, I need to take initiative and I need to really get my body in check and learn yeah. about it. Uh-huh. And when you found that out, there must have been maybe a period of time right after where you wanted to, maybe you were stuck in like a period of denial, uh, kind of as time went on, how did you learn how to like accept reality that, you know, this may be in your future? I truly ex accepted it as in my mom had it. I know how it affected her. I know how it affected us because she had it. I pray my kids don't have to deal with that. I don't want to pass down to my kids. Um, so I need to really learn about it and put the proper nutrients in my body right now so that I can prevent it mm. and a reality know, check almost like, so like looking yourself in the mirror and being like, okay, like I really need to get my entire like health together. Yeah. And, um, I really like how, you know, no matter what the future has in store, you're doing everything you have to do right now to live the life you want to live. Yes. And no matter what, I mean, uh, you could go outside tomorrow and anybody could get hit by a car. Like you really don't know. We kind of, we, I kind of went through this phase where I expected to live till 
like 80 90 or whatever like that's just like we're selfish in a way where we think we're that's what's expected but in reality any given person could be gone tomorrow or whenever and that's, that's why so it's scary. important to you know just do do what is your calling to make you feel good about your own life which is i feel like obviously and you probably feel like that's the path you're on yes 100 that's part of the reason i was like oh my god I have to do this right now because I could not imagine somebody else doing it. I would be so irritated, I guess. Like I could have done that. Why didn't I not do that? So I'm very, very thankful that I did it when I knew I had that instinct and I've never looked back since. Would you say um, everything happens for a reason in some sense? You believe that? I actually believe that even when it's little itty bitty teeny things, it happens for a reason. Um, I've always had signs. I used to have signs from my dad after he passed, like spiritual signs or it's physical um, and me being able to look at it and be like, oh my gosh, that means something. What is my dad trying to tell me? Um, And for my mom, that is butterflies. She actually flew. I believe that that when I landed on my internship with Kleinfeld, which was crazy, I was so, so thankful and so blessed to have had that experience. Um, There was two butterflies that landed on my heart, flew back up in the air and then flew back to my heart. And I was in shock. I'm like, this is my mom telling me I'm on the right path. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And to accept the internship, to move forward and to just keep going. Um, and ever since, whether it's little butterflies, big butterflies, doesn't matter the color. I see them at very significant times. I know they mean something. Um, actually, when I was drafting everything, preparing for Inspira to potentially launch, I remember hitting like a, like not like a dead end, but like, I was like, there was so much I had to do that I didn't even know where to start. And I remember seeing a bunch of tiny, tiny, tiny little butterflies, like a ton of them on my walk one day. And I came back to the house in Florida and I asked my future mother-in-law, Chrissy, I'm like, what do you think that means? Why am I seeing so many little butterflies? She's like, maybe your mom's telling you to focus on all the little things for Inspira so that the big picture can really come together when it's time to launch. And I was like, mind blown. I was like, I think you're so right. So I started focusing on the little things. And before I knew it, then I was like, okay, I think we could launch on November 5th. My mom passed on the 5th of January, um, 2018. So I wanted to launch on the 5th of November. Um, I could have waited till January, but I didn't want to wait till January. I was ready to go for November. So I was like, I'm going to launch on the 5th. You knew right then and there kind of the entrepreneurial um, path was kind of going to start right there for you. And I know you mentioned earlier in the conversation that you didn't really have any entrepreneurial plans earlier in your life. So that, that was kind of, must've been like a big change for you and a kind of a new, um, it was huge. Yeah. But I am very disciplined in my work and I don't have to have, like, for instance, I don't have to have, I don't have to have somebody tell me, Rage, be here at nine o'clock and start this email, this project. It's like, okay, if I wake up and I want to start that project or something, I'll get it done. So I did know when I had that instinct in me, like I have to do this. It didn't matter what it took, how much research, YouTube University, asking people questions who even just were, were entrepreneurs or I knew how were successful and just family, friends, you know, networking um, and just Google researching yeah. that I could make it happen. Uh what makes you kind of stay grounded like throughout the entrepreneurial journey? Because obviously we know it's hard, especially being a normal person dealing with problems, trying to build something for yourself. What kind of is, is everything you just explained, what pushes you to stay on track and really carry out this, uh, 
this brand that kind of speaks for your story in itself? Yeah, um, definitely my faith. Um, and I always do say, I mean, of course, my angels, yes, um, fulfilling their purposes um, and striving to make a difference for myself, for my family, for in honor of them, um, and just for the world. Um, but also, I always feel motivated by the unknown, truly like the future. Like, I know I'm not promised tomorrow, but I've always said because like there was two tragic events that I've experienced in my life, losing both my parents that not your average person, I guess, experiences. Um, and I had no control over that. So I always do say it like the unknown in the future motivates me because I can truly, I'm capable of doing like anybody's future is limitless. It just matters what you do with it. So I'm always motivated and I stay grounded in what my future can be and just what it will look like. I'm like creating as we speak. We're all creating as we speak, you know? Yeah. That's kind of like the beautiful part of life. Yeah. Um, just a quick question I'm going to throw at you. Do you have a butterfly tattooed on you anywhere for this? I do not. <laughs> no? I thought that would definitely be something that I could like just imagine you having, which that would totally so like fit funny. the description. No, I don't <laughs> have a butterfly tattoo on her back. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, my mom actually, she always said, and like she was not really like your tattoo like guru person, but she did always say, she's like, it would be really cute one day to get a tattoo on my ankle. And she would like throw it out there. And I'm like, mom, you're never going to get a tattoo. But like, it was just funny to talk about it. Um, but no, I don't. That's so funny. But people do ask me if I'm going to get one. And I always just tell people, I'm like, no, it's more of a symbol in my life that I just cherish in front of me. So yeah. maybe one day, I don't know. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Maybe one day I'll take that. Take Maybe that one day, stuff. just yeah. put a butterfly on my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I think that's so great about um, Inspira is that you have a story behind the brand. A lot of times I see um, brands that kind of have a cool product. They have a product, but the product doesn't kind of speak for anything else besides maybe the design. And I feel like as people, we kind of purchase things or wear things that... Um, resemble us and that's how kind of we communicate so would you say that's kind of a big thing people need to kind of um decide on uh is kind of like a backstory towards their product or brand before they actually go ahead and make the product um that's a good question too i i guess i feel like if, if it happens where you have this story behind you that makes you have this passion to create something, I think that's awesome. Um, do I think that a person has to have this story that makes them take that creative chance and risk and everything? Not necessarily. Do I think that it's amazing when I see somebody create a random product that they're just passionate about it. It's out of nowhere. Um, and it helps people live their life or change their life in a great way. I think that that's awesome too. Um, and I mean, if they have a passion for it, I think that's what really, what really matters. Cause that's, what's going to help them drive and do it every day, you know? Yeah, I agree. And you know, with, you kind of explained the purpose on, um, the kind of the reason on why you picked clothing, um, you wanted people to kind of wear and feel good and go out and inspire. And, but also you kind of mentioned that you loved working out, is, is that also kind of what led you to go into clothing? Because at the end of the day, you could have picked any product you wanted to go yeah. with. So yeah, that would... it definitely was um, a factor for sure. Yeah. 
I wanted people to feel like they could work out in leggings to go to the, go to the office um, in leggings and no matter their shape, their size, that I will always strive to cater something that whether somebody is a size zero or um, doesn't have all the muscle in the world or whether somebody's a size 14 and has a ton of muscle, um, you name it. It doesn't matter um, that somebody can feel like they can make a difference in our clothing and just make a positive impact for sure. Yeah. And um, uh, what's next? Like how, how do you plan to build out this brand and kind of touch your kind of touch the audience, which is kind of anyone, but anyone who wants to like kind of support your cause, what are yeah. kind of the things you're kind of doing to get out there? Um, definitely. I want to meet with the Lupus Foundation of America um, because I would love to personally donate to somebody that represents them and works for them. Um, part of the proceeds that we have built up to donate to them. I've been trying to get in contact with a couple people on LinkedIn and emails, um, but it's a huge foundation. Um, so I just am praying and I have patience for that. Um, definitely to bring out more XSS to XXXL, you name it. I want to carry each product in every woman's size. Um, and that's something I really, really am working on from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, communicating with the manufacturers um, and truly just building awareness for lupus, building my team. Um, I have interns, I have an independent contractor um, and just being able to help interns start part-time, helping them secure a job um, and just continuing to grow in a positive manner. Um, I think that we've made a difference um, we had a thousand followers a little bit ago and that was a milestone because I remember when we had one follower, when we had five followers, I remember I was the first follower actually of the account. And I was like, one day we'll be at more than this, but even the little, little amount that we had at the time was still so significant. I was so thankful. So just to continuing to grow as a brand and to continue to have more pop-ups and have it more brand awareness and all that good stuff, just grow truly like unfold. Are you like involved in any of like, I'm, I'm going to assume there's probably like Facebook groups, like towards. Lupus, yeah, we have a Facebook group. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. And um, are you kind of actively um, talking in that group kind of yeah, we always spreading ask, what your story? Yeah, we always ask questions so that the customers and just people that have joined the members um, that they can, you know, comment like one of the interns actually just painted. Um, a massive butterfly mural. She's so artistic and so talented. She painted it on a pumpkin. And so we put on the Facebook group and said, what are your kids or what are you painting or carving on your pumpkins this fall? Um, And just to share what they were painting and carving and just all that good stuff. I want it to be a fun, positive, energetic atmosphere always. Mm, That's so cool. Uh, Butterfly on a pumpkin. (laughs) Right? Uh, um, In terms of like kind of like your passion for working out and kind of your lifestyle brand now, is that kind of a niche you may want to like kind of tap into with like, uh, say, affiliate codes with um, small influencers? Do you see your kind of brand going there? Yeah, we have a few right now that um, earn a small commission and get a um, personal discount code. And we're looking to expand on that as well every day. That yeah, it's such a great way to do it. I think that's like having just even people with like 500 followers that are yeah. you know posting about working out, pushing your brand. Yeah, that that's great. They don't and, have um, to be macro always. They still make a difference yeah. with their small audience. It's still a huge audience, you know. Yeah, 100. And you know, the more people you have um, 
representing and speaking for your company is it's going to grow regardless. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you went from what um, you remember when you had zero followers a year ago and now you're at, I think, I think I saw over a thousand. A little over a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Over a thousand. Eleven hundred. Yeah. See, so you, you're staying to your process and you're staying true to your story and that's just going to build itself on its own, which I think is, it just, the work speaks for itself eventually. Right. I appreciate it so much. It means a lot. Yeah. Um, it really means a lot. But no, I really appreciate your story. And um, it was really insightful. And it, I honestly wanted to hear about your story the second I saw the, the Instagram page. So uh, really thank you. Thank you for sharing. And um, it's been of about course. 40 minutes. So I think I'll let you get on your day. But I definitely want to stay connected um, afterwards. And I'm going to message you after this just to speak. But um, yes. I really appreciate you and everything. And I'm going to... Uh, I promised your business page. I would have followed anyways, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, get get her on first and then I'll support you. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. That would absolutely mean the world. I appreciate you having me on and being able to share my story and everything behind Inspira and where we're projecting. So I appreciate it so much. And thank you so much for all of your questions, all of your time and your just your positivity, truly. 100%. You definitely have my support going forward. So thank you so much. Thank you. We'll definitely a- stay in touch, okay? Yes, definitely. I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great week. Thank you. you.